This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Having already seen off Arsenal this season, Liverpool face their next test against a top six rival on Sunday as Jurgen Klopp's side travel to Chelsea. While historically rivals, the two sides certainly head into the game with different aims as the Reds look to continue their march at the top of the table, while Frank Lampard's still getting his feet under the table at the bridge. I'm Guy Clark and ahead of the Sunday showdown in the capital, we have a Blood Red podcast special for you in conversation with a man who turned out for both clubs during the height of their rivalry in the mid-noughties. Scoring the first in a Champions League semi-final penalty shootout in 2007, Bolo Zenden helped the Reds to a second European Cup final in three seasons under Rafa Benitez. And while he departed Anfield that summer, his connection with Benitez wasn't to end there as they reunited out of all places Stamford Bridge in 2012. So sit back and relax over the course of the next half an hour as we chat through his time at Anfield, the Chelsea rivalry working with Benitez and what he makes of Liverpool's two current Dutch masters, Virgil van Dijk and Jeannie Wijnaldum. Here is Blood Red in conversation with Bolo Zenden. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Bolo, first of all, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. And first things first is, how are you keeping? I'm good, thanks. I'm uh, as we speak. I'm on my way to uh, to our game. I'm still uh, involved in football. I'm with uh, PSV Eindhoven, and we have uh, Sporting Lisbon tonight. I work as an uh, assistant manager. Uh, well, you would, well nowadays you would call it like a specialist trainer. So I work with the forwards. And uh, I'm on my way because we have an early kickoff. And looking ahead to the weekend, Liverpool travelling to Stamford Bridge to take on Chelsea. In the grand scheme of things, it is a big game and two clubs that played a big part during your career, of your career here in England. Yeah, of course. Um, I uh, I defended both colours, if that's what you uh, uh, how you want to look at it. And uh, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been uh, it's been special. And uh, obviously, I was back at Chelsea as well as an assistant manager to uh, Rafa Benitez. And I suppose if you look back on it now, this last summer just gone, it was 18 years ago you first came into to English football at Chelsea in 2001. I, I suppose yeah. you can't believe it's probably that long ago, but how time no. flies? No, you're actually absolutely right. I mean, time does fly and uh, sometimes uh, it's the same as... Um, Sometimes you see some images of, of, for example, my time at, at Barca or at Chelsea or whatever, and uh, in your memories, it's like yesterday, but then you hear it's about 18, 20 years ago, thinking, oh, <laughs> we do get old. And obviously, when you came to Liverpool, that was 2005, off the back of yeah. Istanbul and being European yeah. champions. What was the environment like when you came in there? Because the atmosphere around the club must have been so special at the time. Yeah, of course, it was a big buzz uh, just winning the Champions League and also no matter how it went, of course, we yeah, had 3-0 down, back to 3-3, winning on panels. And then, um, I mean, uh, Europe has always been something special for Liverpool and then uh, to win it uh, for the fifth time was uh, was special. And then uh, the uh, on the back of it, you also played the, uh, the European uh, Cup Winners' Cup or Super Cup, I don't know how you want to call it, but uh, we played that one against Seska Moscow. Uh, which we also won, so there was a there was a very positive buzz uh, around the club and, and and around Anfield, and that um, that is something that you felt all the way through, and then two years later, 
me myself, I featured in the Champions League final when we faced AC Milan again in 2007. Included in that run, of course, was playing Chelsea in the semi-final. But even when yes. you first joined Liverpool, did you get that sense of the European history that was and obviously that connection of, of how much it meant to the supporters? Yeah, I think uh, there's the, the, there's certain things that you feel around Anfield. It's um, obviously the, the European nights. That there is something special about it. I mean, uh, it, it's always hard to explain to someone who hasn't been there. It's something you have to feel when you're around the stadium, what it does. I mean, of course, it, it, in the Premier League, it's 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 also special. But because it's Europe and it's a night game, it, it always brings out something slightly different. Uh, and that that is special. But also, I think the 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 thing that uh, unites the people at um, at Liverpool is that um, Liverpool has a great history, uh, history in Europe, uh, history of winning trophies, and uh, that is all the the joy and the cheers. But they've also had a lot of tears in the past, and um, obviously I don't need to mention again the the, the tragedies that has happened. But do those two things combined makes what Liverpool is. Uh, it, 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 it makes them united. It makes them uh, strong. And you always have a feel of, uh, of that um, buzz around the club that, that as, as they sing it, I mean, you never walk alone. It's like you're always in it together, no matter what. Yeah, completely understand where you're coming from. And you, of course, whilst you only had two seasons at Liverpool, even the yeah. way you talk there, you can you can sense how much that support and backing once in, you're always part of it, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, at least that's the way I feel it. And, uh, um, you know, every year there's this uh, um, date where, where, where club and players and fans come together, where they're still... Uh, a memory of, of the lost in the past uh, and that, that makes them united. And, uh, and it's always like the, the fans have something to give to the players and the, the players have got something to give back to the fans. And it, it feels like that, that uh, it goes two ways. It's like mutual. And um, of course, in my first year, I had, I, had a bad, a bad, I had a bad six months because of my ACL rupture which I um, which happened in the Champions League and um, literally on the day that that um, on, the, on the day that Liverpool traveled to Japan to play the um, the World Cup for for club teams I traveled the other way to the United States to get my knee operated on and it's um, it, it, of course that that's a black page in anyone's career if, if, if you tear your ACL but uh, I was always um, convinced uh, of coming back and, and, and I've always fought for that opportunity and the chance and uh, uh, a year later I, I played the Champions League final and I still feel that also that comes with the, the support that I that I had from from the fans Was that retribution obviously for the, the bad injury all the low times you went through I suppose scoring that first penalty in the penalty shootout against Chelsea whilst obviously you didn't know how the shootout would go for you personally to, to put the first penalty away were those emotions going through your head or at the time was it just being caught up in the moment? No uh, let, let, let's go back to 
what I said about my ACL and being injured and coming back on. Um, I believe something sort of similar happened to was it Oxlade Chamberlain when when after so many time being out injured when he came back on the pitch and the reception he got it, it just gives you goosebumps because it's like the people feel the hurt you've had and uh, what you've done to get back on that on that pitch uh, that is something special so when I saw him coming back on uh, that obviously took you back to your own uh, situation back then and, and it's a great feeling I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he must have said the same now uh, coming back to that penalty spot I I remember I remember when 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 Rafa came up and asked the players to take a penalty um, he also came up to me and said uh, you're taking a penalty and I said yeah sure uh, in the back of my mind I thought well I'll, I'll take the third one I don't know why and before I even said anything, he said, "Okay, then you'll take the first one," uh, because he wanted to start off with on a on a good note. I'm thinking, okay, so if it's not the third one to score, I mean, doesn't it, doesn't even matter if it's the first or the third. Um, well, in the end, of course, it it, it did matter because uh, we we all put them away uh, rather nice, and we knew that we had Pepperina as a, as a penalty killer. In the goal, and uh, he showed it off that uh, that evening, and uh, he took the penalties uh, that, um, well, he stopped them to 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 get them to get us through to the final. And I suppose during that time, I think there were four years in a row where Chelsea and Liverpool played yes. five games yeah. in a season. That, that was yes. the height of, I suppose, the the beginning of the rivalry as we know it between the two clubs. Yeah, because as as we say, in all honesty, before that. If we want to say before, it wasn't that much, was it? It was more always, well, it still is, Liverpool and Manchester United. But, um, of course, Chelsea, with all the investments they've done, uh, when um, when Abramovich came in, all of a sudden, uh, Chelsea also became uh, a big, a, a bigger team to, uh, to reckon with. It's not that Chelsea wasn't big before, but, it, of course, after that, Injection there was a totally different dimension to them, uh, and then all of a sudden, because of the many games you played uh, against each other, the, the 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 importance of the games, uh, either winning the league or losing the league, either going through a quarter or a semi-final or final of the Champions League, those those moments obviously they add to uh, the rivalry. Which is which is normal, I guess, because it's it's about football, it's about winning. And um, I remember a goal uh, scored by uh, Luis Garcia that was uh, that was debatable, uh, and that that also obviously lightened more that 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 uh, fire or only call it rivalry, because obviously in London they, they still don't think it was, whereas in in Liverpool they do. Uh, maybe nowadays we would have had a proper answer with all the technology. Yeah, we certainly would. But as you say, I think up here, certainly the ball was almost touching the uh, the back of the netting. But uh, no, in t- in terms of the rivalry and how, especially that semi-final, how it went, there were such cagey affairs at the time. It was 1-0 in either game, yeah. obviously, and it went to penalties. Yeah. On the yeah. pitch, did you guys know and realise and, and feel at the time 
any errors you made would be decisive or likewise yeah. any bit of quality you could do would be yeah. sort of decisive. Yeah, I remember, I remember playing in, in, in Stamford Bridge, uh, losing 1-0. Uh, and, and obviously uh, Chelsea fans and, and, and players, they were, they were happy with the result uh, and they were confident in a certain way. But I, I think we were calm and not not as much disappointed, more calm, thinking, hold on, this is just halfway. Uh, and we know what we can do at Anfield. Uh, and we knew we were confident that we could do something special again at Anfield. And if you talk about mistakes, yes, of course, the, 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 the mistakes you make in the biggest games against the biggest players, any mistake could cost you a goal. Now, we practiced... Uh, the goal we scored at um, you know the the free kick with uh, with Daniel Aga, uh the one nil <clears throat> we practiced that in training so you could say it's a detail or a mistake but it's still something that we did practice on and and it worked out perfectly during the game and that gave us the the platform to take it all the way up until extra time and um, and even winning on penalties. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Speaking of the detail, the manager, obviously, Rafa Benitez, yes. well-renowned for the detail he puts into games. And I suppose yourself, you played under some, some great managers during your career before you got to Liverpool, Dick Advocat, Louis uh, Van Gaal, yeah. and obviously Claudio Ranieri. But how much of an impact did Rafa Benitez obviously have on your playing career and then also as you took those steps into uh, into coaching? Well, he's, um, his, his track record, or let's say... Yeah, track record where he's been managing uh, the results he's had with the different teams. Uh, it all shows that, that that obviously he's doing something right. And um, as as you mentioned, he's he's, uh, he's someone who's who's really into the details, and um, he sets out his team uh, in a certain way that he could uh, <clears throat> harm the opposition. And and maybe nowadays it. it it sounds funny, but uh, I remember when we played uh, against Barcelona. Um, Messi back then just played on the right wing, and when we faced them uh, in training, he he put uh, Arbeloa, the, the Spanish right back, he put him on on the left side as a left back, and of course we had our doubts. I think why would you do that? But back then Messi would play on the right side, always coming in on his left foot. So that's how we tried to eliminate Messi. And it worked out fine. Of course, nowadays you would say, well, you could put anybody or two or three players against Messi and you would still not stop him. But but back then, it, it was something that worked. Um, and and you could call it a detail, but yeah, in the end, it's it's something that, uh, that made a big difference. And obviously, in, in 2012, Rafa gets the job at Chelsea. How yes. much? I mean, how did it come around that you became an assistant there with him? And I suppose how much thought obviously had to go into that call when it came from him asking if you wanted to to go back to Stamford Bridge and join him. Well, the um, in all honesty, that he 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 called me up because I I still had and have contact with him 
ever since I left uh, Liverpool because I also left on a good note. It wasn't through the back door. But um, he said, um, listen, if, if, I become, if I become a manager in the Premier League, uh, would you join me? I said, listen, it depends where. And then he said, it's, it's only going to be top four. And then I thought, okay, um, there was only two jobs that were slightly on the line, if you want to call it. And, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't sure now, you know, but I know one of the two, and maybe it was, um, I mean, you could, you could look back into it. I wasn't sure if it was either Manchester United and Chelsea or was it Arsenal and Chelsea? I wasn't, I'm not sure what it was, but there was also Chelsea in there. And I said, sure. And then the next morning he rang me and said, you have to pack your bags. We're going off. We're going to Chelsea. So that's how, how fast it all went. And you'd obviously not finished playing all too long before being at Sunderland. It must have been a great opportunity to, you mentioned obviously having had him as your coach on the training ground, but being on that same side as him devising sort of training methods must have been great. That's that's totally different. Um, I was at, um, it was only a year, I guess. uh, And I wasn't like literally uh, retired yet when, when, or a year and a half when he rang and I thought, okay, well, I guess that's, that's that. And, um, um, I didn't have to think twice. Uh, and I knew that, um, um, I would, uh, I would learn a lot from him, but also, uh, being there behind the scenes is, I mean, you can be in a club as a player and still don't see as much, but as soon as you're obviously one of the assistant managers, then you see the, the full picture uh, and then you know why certain decisions are made uh, uh, and why things are going the way they do. And that is something you don't obviously see uh, in, an, in a normal situation unless you're in the job. And we're looking ahead to, to the weekend's game. Just a couple of questions on it, Bolo. And obviously yeah. talking there of your time sat in the dugout at Stamford Bridge these days, it's Frank Lampard, who coincidentally yeah. joined Chelsea the same summer you did back in 2001. Yeah. Did, you uh, ever, West Ham, yeah. did you ever foresee him going into management and obviously seeing how it, it's turned out for him? Uh, yes. Uh, um, let's put it this way. When you are playing you don't always see um, a future manager because a player is still playing. Uh, I gave you the same example of, for example, Frank de Boer or Pep Guardiola, uh, all these players that I played with that turned out to become managers. Um, Back then, you don't see that in the same way. But... Always, when I get the answer, uh, get the question asked afterwards, um, I always say yes. These type of players, they were always busy with um, the organization of the team, uh, the team uh, uh, tactics, the, the team performance. You know all these kind of things. That you say, looking back on it, yeah, you could probably guess that they would become managers. Um, obviously, you never know if they're going to be successful. 
but um, uh, the likes of Frank Lampard now at Chelsea and um, Steven Gerrard at um, Rangers, uh, even uh, Sami Hippia had a had a good spell at Bayer Leverkusen. Um, these these type of players, yeah, you could you could you could see that coming that they would maybe if they like in the future become managers and um, Frank has done fantastic at Derby uh, and, and it earned him um, a place at Chelsea where obviously he, he he feels at home and of course where he, know, where he knows the club and where he knows the people and knows how things are run and of course talking about Liverpool a couple of the, the star names in the team coming from, from Holland like yourself Virgil van Dijk this season and ever since he came to Liverpool seems to have transformed things and of course, you mentioned yourself at PSV and Genie Wijnaldum, who himself played at PSV Eindhoven, really seems yeah. to have come into his own under Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, um, I think like they both have had a different path to to be where they are today, but um, I still admire it. Uh, well, still, of course, I do, but. Um, I admire it the, the, the way they've done it because, like, uh, Genie came from Feyenoord and felt he had to go to PSV, then didn't make the biggest move from PSV, first uh, landed in Newcastle, earned his right to play there in the Premier League, and then moved on to Liverpool. Um, he did have a bit of a difficult spell. Um, because club was so demanding, and look where he is today. He's one of the the best midfielders in the Premier League uh, and, and all over Europe. Now, then you have Virgil, who's made a bit of a, a turnaround, where he left uh, Holland uh, for I believe he went straight to Celtic then. And that's how he, he learned the trade, the trick of, of playing, obviously, on in, 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 in a different style of football, but still bringing um, the, the Dutch cool to it. Uh, and, and, and then went on to move from uh, Southampton to, uh, to Liverpool and, uh, and be uh, player of the year in, uh, in Europe and, and, and Premier League. And winning the Champions League, it's like, it's it's a crazy development, but it doesn't um, mean that, um, or let's say it shows that there are different ways to get all the way to where you want to be. As long as you believe and work hard, put the effort in, willing to learn, then uh, see where you can get. Uh, where you can get. And we obviously see with Liverpool now five wins from five at the the start of the yep. new Premier League season. It really seems as though the pieces have come together. You mentioned the fan base right at the top, how much it means to them. The one thing they crave more than any is a league title. Yep. Do you think as though this looks like a side that has the right ingredients, obviously, to, to go and, and do that? Uh, you have to help me here, but I thought last year they had a few points ahead of City uh, and in the beginning. Yeah, around or, the turn of the year, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not a sprint, you know, it's a marathon. Uh, so it's still early days, but um, last year was a two-horse race. Let's, let's hope, in a way, that this year 
it's it's um, it's a bit more exciting for uh, the rest of the bunch because it was exciting at the top two because every weekend they were looking at each other what the results were and they just came short and then again they had a they had, they had miles ahead of number number three and four uh, I don't think that that is that is good for the Premier League but um, as terms of Liverpool. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? As I said, there's still a long way to go. How are you going to deal with injuries? How is the going to be the the December and January month? Uh, how are they going to go for for both both teams? But um, I'm, I'm I'm pleased to see they had a good uh, start to the season because at the back of what they've done last year, it's always difficult to uh, repeat what you've done, and it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. Well, Bolo, it's been great to catch up with you. You mentioned you're at PSV now. There as a, yep. an assistant coach, is is the dream for you to to take a number one job somewhere somewhere down the line in the future, or do you enjoy that development part? Obviously, obviously of of helping players kick on and become even better. Yeah, that that first of all, obviously the second, uh, first of all the, the 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 second bit you said, uh, I, I I get a lot out of helping the. The, the boys become better uh, and, and I'm always pleased when they do pick up things or, or do get better or do get an invitation for example for the national team and then score on the debut those kind of stuff it's um, th- that that is nice but um, I still keep that one open uh, the first bit when you said listen uh, can we see you uh, in the next year or so as a, as a head coach somewhere uh, who knows who knows? It's um, time will tell. Well, Bolo, as I say, great to catch up with you. Hopefully, we uh, we see you back at Anfield in in the not too distant future. But uh, yes. from us here at the Liverpool Echo, thanks a lot for catching up with us. Uh, would it would be would be a pleasure to be around Anfield again. Former Liverpool and Chelsea midfielder Bolo Zenden looking ahead to Sunday's game between his two former clubs at Stamford Bridge. Well, let us know what you made of the pod by either leaving us a rating and review or through our Blood Red podcast Facebook group. As always, we appreciate those who take the time to download and listen to our content on a regular basis, as well, of course, as welcoming new listeners. We'll be back after the match with postgame, offering you reaction from our team at Stamford Bridge and Jurgen Klopp's press conference, as well as fan reaction. Until then, though... It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.